0: This is Anexia from Bible of Dreams, and you're listening to For the Lore. listening To For the Lore,
1: the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or even game design. Joining Roger from Wow Dogs and For the Lore is Joe, writer for World of Maticus, and Enrique of Spooncraft.
2: Hello and welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger. Coming to you on Monday, the 1st of March. Welcome to the 25th episode. We are a quarter of a century old, folks. It's uh, not the same as having a drunk tank episode, but it is a nice milestone episode that we wanted to make note of. We've lasted this long and there's no saying uh, what we can accomplish in the next 25 episodes. So back, same as normal, we've got Joe from WoW.com and WorldOfMadicus.com and Way of the Totem. We're going to have to shorten that up, dude. It's just going to have to be Joe from now on because, frankly, it's getting too long long to say. And Enrique from Spooncraft.com. How's it going, boys?
3: Fantastic. Having a great week. It's going great. I'm in a great mood.
2: Okay. So we'll start with you because, obviously, you have reason (laughs) to be in a good mood. So go ahead and let us in on it.
4: I've, I've got quite a few reasons to be in a great mood, but uh, first and foremost is I got a very pleasant surprise over the weekend. Um, That's what you call f- it?
3: Yeah, I, I, I would call I, it yeah, better
4: I'll than pleasant very, surprise. I, I would call it a very knock-me-on-my-ass-surprised-happy surprise. That's anyway, better, yes. I, the, the whole thing was like some fucking black ops setup that my wife pulled off. Um, she made sure that I stayed up until 4 in the morning on uh, Friday night. Just she said, go to stay up, play Starcraft 2, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
2: <laughs> There's only one way to make sure that somebody stays up that late.
4: Um, I, I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> like, any, anyway, so I'm up until the freaking wee hours. I, I pass out and I was like in one of those death dark sleeps that only fathers feel, you know, where like you don't you're dead to the world. Nothing can freaking wake your ass up. And um, she makes sure that She wakes me up groggy as hell Like around 11 in the morning the next day And starts asking me questions about Like what suggestions I have For a 360 game for a, a friend of ours His son And so she's like, oh, Mass Effect 2? I'm like, yeah, I, I would play Mass Effect 2 if I had a 360 I'd get one of those um, No to this, no to that, whatever And then she goes, okay, I'm gonna leave I gotta go out buy diapers or some shit So she leaves me at home And I'm just kind of like sprawled on a bed still I get up she comes back home about two hours later with this huge ass bag. And inside is a brand spanking new Xbox 360 Elite with Mass Effect 2 and Halo 3 and the wireless, you know, adapter port and all kinds of crazy shit and two extra controllers, like the whole freaking thing. And like a year's free of Xbox Live. I proceed to just squeal like a little girl for a while. <laughs> and, um,. That was Saturday. It built the whole damn thing, you know, put it in uh, to, to the uh, entertainment system and whatnot. And um, my eight-year-old takes it over and plays nothing but Lego Batman all Saturday, all day long. Yeah, hey, it's a good game. I played uh, Mass it's Effect fun. 2 all Sunday. And I really, really like Mass Effect 2. <laughs> and that's pretty much it man that I'm fucking ecstatic but it was it was hilarious because everybody is calling me Telling me congratulations, congratulating, like, what the fucking congratulating me for? So apparently, she had asked every single one of my friends <laughs> what to buy and how to, you know, like, cause there's multiple different versions of the 360 and, you know, all the different games and shit. She knows PC games because that's, you know, we predominantly play. She, she doesn't really know what to get for 360. So it was just weird. I'm like getting messages, voicemails, and texts from people saying, hey, congrats, bro. Welcome to the club. It took you fucking finally. You know, it's been how many years the thing has been out. So. Yeah, that that was my weekend. That and I'm on a uh, on a nine game now winning streak with the Terran on StarCraft Two, and I'm like ace <laughs> in my fucking in my uh, in my league in my division. So I'm a happy pappy.
2: <laughs> Very nice. Well, you're gonna have to figure out the goddamn wireless adapter on there. It's really it's not rocket science, but uh, figure that shit out so that we can actually do something together.
4: Oh Did yeah, you, no, I, I I have two friends of mine coming over who um, have been through three different xboxes due to the red ring of death and whatnot and they're gonna like tag team the freaking console and make it work because everything short of sacrificing a goat and pouring the blood over the fucking console i've done and it has not worked it will not
3: connect to the network do you want me just to send you the step-by-step visual you know guide with with screenshots i've
4: done that i have done that. i I had my my uh the the laptop right next to the freaking console as i was on you know xbox.com slash network help and I was looking at the exact screenshots that they have of what your TV will say, depending on the problems, and how to fix it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the screen. I go, okay, that's sad. That. I went through everything. I stopped at the step where it asked me to start forwarding ports and doing shit to my fucking router. And I'm like, all right, you know what? It cannot possibly be this complicated to get the stupid thing to work. It was easier to get my iPhone to fucking connect to the network. You know, I, it, there's no reason why the 360 should be that complicated. So I'm either doing that's, something that's- wrong or –
2: that's because Whatever. it's an Apple product.
4: Oh, exactly. yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, once you get it and then we'll have to, uh, to to find something that we can play. I know that we have Halo 3 here as well, so I don't know if you've got that one, Joe, or if you, uh, I know you're not a huge Halo fan, but it'd still be fun to bounce into some, some different games together on the 360.
3: Yeah, maybe I'll go sell some old games back and pick it up just for shits and grins to play with you guys. Well, it's
4: cheap. Yeah, right. I picked it up. Uh, we, we got a Best Buy for like, I think it was 30 bucks. It was tw- it was that or it was Mass Effect 1 for 20 bucks. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm realistically not going to play Mass Effect 1 because I don't want to spend that much time when all I really want to play is Mass Effect 2. So I'm just going to go ahead and skip to Mass you Effect 2. You may be surprised. You may be surprised. You
2: may want to play it after you finish 2 because, again, I'm playing through 1 to import the character into 2 because it's that fantastic a story.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I will, but I want to get through Mass Effect 2 first, you know? It's like, I got this new shiny thing. Go back and play the original. <laughs> no, no, I got the new shiny one. I read the wiki. I'm good, you know? Let me just play the freaking Mass Effect 2. Speaking of the Mass Effect, I actually want. Uh, see, I'm turning
2: into Rick here. I'm referring to games with the the Mass Effect. The, the. you know what <laughs> said, you do you do that all the time. <laughs> it's like the World of Warcraft, just as the Bioshock, the. No, so, yeah, everything
4: I, is the this. I played I the Mario up game,
2: the Mass Effect Two, uh, comics. <laughs> well, I didn't pick them up yet, but I actually I I, I went out and I uh, hit up the comic shop with my youngest, and uh, they were sold out of the second Mass Effect 2 which is what or sorry Mass Effect Redemption comic series but he said he could order one so I've got the second one and the third one on order so that's pretty cool because I actually really enjoy the, um, the the comic story for that like I, I don't really read any other comics right now but they're, they're really well done that being said though we're seeing a lot more of whether it's a comic or a book for games it's I don't know if developers are finally seeing that this is an untapped market and then a lot of gamers actually do read. Granted, it's not like they're reading War and Peace. They're, they're reading them only the work that's attached to their, the games that they're playing. But, I mean, you, we're looking at... Uh, we've got the, uh, the Guild Wars book coming out, uh, Ghosts of Ascalon. That's going to be coming out in the summer, wherein they're going to talk about the transition between um, 1 and 2 because there's like a 250-year gap there. So it will be interesting to see how that... Um, what they're talking about in terms of what transpired to lead everyone to the, the state of the world um, for Guild Wars 2. Because there's some pretty huge changes coming up. And then we're looking at the Dragon Age comic that's coming out in April. Um, or actually, no, it's supposed to be coming out in March this month. Which looks freaking Awesome. I can't wait to try that sucker out. And then there's also the Assassin's Creed uh, Renaissance. The the But that one's just a novelization of the story. So it's more about just the... Essentially, if you've played through the game, you know what this is. So that one I'm not quite as sure whether or not I'm going to pick up. But the other ones I, I'm definitely interested in getting.
3: I'll be picking up the, uh, the Assassin's Creed one just because I find it very interesting to read... Uh, novels based on the video game or novelizations of video games because it gives um, the writers a little bit of wiggle room to flush out some things that you might not have paid too much attention to in the game and especially for Assassin's Creed 2 which um, as good of a game it is as it is I know I miss things I know there are little things that I miss here and there so I'm really looking forward to that novel
2: yeah. And again, I may pick it up. The thing is, is right now I'm not certain whether or not I'm going to even pick up the game. Um, I may pick up the game once they get rid of the crazy DRM, then maybe. Ugh. But I, I don't want to pick it up on console either, simply because I think it plays better, first of all, on PC. And second, because I don't. Uh, well, if it's anything like the first one, I, I much prefer this. Yeah. Okay, then. Because I much prefer this, the first one on PC than on uh, console. I agree with you
3: there wholeheartedly. Like, I, I loved the first one on PC, but the second one played a lot better on the console.
2: That being said as well, I simply, I don't want to pick it up on console just because it will be one of those things wherein you're supporting the console and not the PC. And right now, if anything, the PC deserves... Um, support because you have a lot more companies that are finding it far more easy, far more simpler, just to put their product out on console, and then you get you get the port for PC much later on as an afterthought kind of thing. So if you just buy the console ones, eventually it will fade out the PC
4: games. Hopefully not anytime soon, though. I mean, it, that that's been something we've discussed quite often on this show actually, and even amongst my friends or one of It's just. PC gaming should not die, and I'm really hoping that it doesn't. I mean, I don't see it happening with RTSs and MMORPGs and such, obviously, but that's still pretty much gutting a lot of everything else, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: Now, going back to game books, you finished um, Stormrage, you said.
4: I did. And, and I really wanted to discuss it with you guys, but Roger <laughs> made me feel bad for spoiling something earlier today. So I Did, really did I really like, like, make you feel bad? Did I actually
3: make you feel bad?
4: You did. I felt like a dick <laughs> I'm like, Well,
3: <laughs> come on. What, what, why don't we do what we've done before? Rick, why don't you just record your review of it? We'll slap it on there, and then we can just skip it. Okay,
4: all right. I, I can do that. It just, but it's more fun if I get to talk about it with you guys. We, have it, we haven't read it yet. We, we haven't have read it. To you're me. gonna
2: be talking. You're just gonna be talking. We're gonna be listening and blocking our ears. Which I mean, more often than not, we don't listen to you anyways, so there wouldn't be much difference. But still, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say well, you won't well, get. What else is there's new? no interaction. So right, record right. a damn review and we'll put it on. Actually, ironically, when Vince gave us his first squad member um, feature on on jacob i actually i probably shouldn't be saying this but i actually put it in unheard herd. Because, well, I listened to the first bit, but I was actually on that mission at the time and I hadn't yet finished it. And so I'm actually listening to it as he did it and I'm loving it. I'm seriously digging it. And then I get to a point where it's like he's talking about what's happening. It's like, oh, shit, off, 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 turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) I was enjoying the story so much at that point. I did not want a spoiler. So, yeah, you could have put like a cookie recipe in there, Sam, and it would have been in that just letting you know from now on though i'm listening to all of them and because i've actually (laughs) finished it so and even now that i've said that from now on any feature i'm going to listen to just in case but yeah you missed your chance you could have put some freaking poem some limerick from hoogs and it would have been in there forever but anyways (laughs) yeah so just do a review on it and we'll, we'll put it in in fact if you can get it done by tomorrow I'll, I'll even put it in this episode We ha- if if you have time.
4: I can probably get it done by tomorrow, like, you know, sometime tomorrow morning, but I don't think I'll be able to get it done by tonight, giving it to you oh, that tomorrow. Early. That's fine. Tomorrow. Okay, so, folks, you heard it. So then we'll have that in.
2: Um, don't go putting no freaking cookie <laughs> recipe in it, though. <laughs> you bastard.
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do what Sammy suggested. I'm going to record the thing, and then I'm going to record another version of it, like half God, in Spanish, God. and just splice that shit in the middle. But um no it I'm I I've, I've never really I, I don't care if people give me spoilers so I guess I got to start remembering that other people do care but just the the short version just to give it's it's not one of the greatest books ever written obviously Richard Knack that's just you know he's he's a good writer but he's not like a holy crap writer I really like what he did with the characters there are very very few characters that are introduced in his book that are like the Mary Sue kind of thing, you know, like he invented Ronin and all that crap and it became such an integral part in the the story. He used a lot of characters that already exist. He only introduced two, yeah, he only introduced two brand new characters that we will probably never see again, to be honest with you. One of which I'm pretty damn sure we're never going to see just because it plays such a tiny ass role. And the other one we might, as a very small footnote, but, yeah, that's about it. I mean, it, otherwise, wasn't he given free reign to b- yes, bring in no, whatever no. he
2: wants to make it canon?
4: Yeah, yeah. He, he can pretty much do whatever he wants because everything that he writes, um, I've I've looked into it. Everything that he writes, he writes alongside Chris Metzen. So he writes it. He emails it to Metzen. Metzen reads it, adds whatever he's going to add to it, sends it back to Knack. Knack pretty much is, does all the primary writing. But if you want to get technical, it should be both Richard A. Knack and co written by Metzen or supervised by, by Chris Metzen. But um the book okay, so he was still on a really chain. Yeah, yeah. He's it, what, what's neat about this whole thing, guys, I was very surprised. I did not know when I first started uh, reading the book because you only kind of find out, you know, halfway through. But um it takes place after um, Arthas dies in Crown, as we all know now it takes after patch 3.3.3 3. 3. 3, whatever so in this story Arthas has been dethroned and now we're in that funky place where the Lich King is no longer a threat but we haven't had the cataclysm happen yet we haven't had the Black Dragons attack Wormrest temple like they're going to in the next major major patch you know so very 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 cool stuff cool okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll just pause until
2: you take the pepper spray Out for the kids <laughs> I'll be right back guys <laughs> I love that he's the one That pauses the show now Not my computer crashing Orc peon here And you're listening to For the Lore moving Okay along. we're going to keep going Yeah please moving <laughs> right along. Man. Okay, so um, from there we were going to talk about the secret armory of General Knox, without too many spoilers for everybody who hasn't played it through, such as myself, because, like, I mean, Sorry. I tried to go into that crap at 45, and when you first get in there, when you try to take the first quest even, it tells you it's impossible. The, the level of it, its difficulty is impossible. But, I mean, the first one is go talk to Scooter. So I was like, all right, that's fine. So I go and talk to Scooter. I can't imagine it's going to be impossible to talk to Scooter. So I go and talk to him, and then he gives you the quest for the robots at the beginning as well. And so I go and I find the robot, and I activate it. That's when it gets impossible. that's And, and those robots, they don't let up. I mean, and you res right by where they are. So basically, it's a, and you can't like corpse run because you start back from the middle of that little circular cul-de-sac thing. And so basically, it was death after death after death. And I finally just kind of gave up after I'd lost all my money from resurrections. But uh, but yeah, if you're like under 50, yeah, stay the hell out of it
4: because it is tough. They weren't joking. <laughs>
3: That's yeah, actually pretty I,
4: refreshing. <laughs> I was I was unloading all those those freaking ninjas or whatever, and I realized, oh, you know, I'm f- I'm 47 they're 51. It's not that bad. I'm hitting them for one, two, four, two, yeah. <laughs> and they just come up and just down me in three hits. I'm like, what is this bull? So I put it back on playthrough number one and just freaking waltz through that
2: place. Uh, see, I didn't want to do that. I've got it still on playthrough number two. But I just, again, I'm just going to level him up anyways. I got him up to 46, so I'm just going to keep going. And because um, I do, I want to do the, uh, I picked up Mad Moxie as well, finally. I just need to actually level through that as well. Because on second playthrough at 45, even that was tough. I made it all the way in the arenas to the like the last boss, and there was just no getting past it. So I was like, son of a bitch. Mad uh, Moxie's but, hot. Well, there is that too, Um, (laughs) but what they were saying, like I didn't get much of a look around, obviously, but even just that starting area when you're starting with General Knox, they did make some pretty serious changes in terms of how pretty it looks. The detail is pretty cool, I don't know if that carried through to the rest of the DLC, but I mean for that starting area, you can
4: see a difference. The, the biggest... I don't want to say the difference, but the coolest thing about this this DLC that... By the way, thank you, Roger. Roger was kind enough to gift it to me uh, so, so that I can try it out with him and whatnot. Um, I, I don't know if you—if it's happened to you yet, and this is not a spoiler. This is just one of those things where I'm doing you a favor. It's nothing with the <laughs> Yeah, lyrics. that's what... You're, just, <laughs> there, you're, you're, you know, you're opening up chests and shit like you would normally opening up lockers, opening little boxes or whatnot. Totally fucking random throughout the entire DLC. If you open, like... It's totally random. You'll be, If you open like a locker, sometimes a midget will pop out <laughs> and it scares the crap. Dude, when it first happened, it scared the ever loving shit out of me. I jumped up in my seat and started cursing because I scared the crap out of me. You're sitting there you're like opening the thing, opening the thing, and then you open another one it goes, and this freaking little dude jumps out <laughs> starts just running around and screaming. It scared the
0: shit out of me. <laughs> Yeah, my head it was late at night. I'm just
4: sitting there; it's all quiet and crap. Everybody's asleep, and it, it's totally quiet. You don't even hear that stupid background I can, noise.
2: I could just hear see Misty waking up, saying, "Was that one of the girls?" <laughs> it, was, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Wow, all right, moving so on good. from moving on yeah, from the there, midges, we're
4: gonna
2: hit. Yep. Yeah, Uh, Let's touch on some WoW news now. Um, Biggest news that I think is important to pass on is the fact that your authenticator is not the end-all be-all. They found a a man-in-the-middle attack that circumvents the authenticators. Now, this is as per WoW.com. I mean, again, this is common sense stuff. If you've got an antivirus and it's up-to-date, you're not going to have a problem. However, not everybody uses one. It was only a matter of time. Now, that being said, this is still fairly limited in terms of um, the time frame that they have to get on and wreak havoc. However... That being said, they can still wreak a lot of havoc in that time frame. So your authenticator is not the end all be all. That being said as well, though, it is definitely something that you want to have because it does make a huge difference in terms of whether or not you will get hacked.
3: May I want to um, comment on this real quick. This is nothing new. OK, um, about a year ago, give or take, there was an interview with an anonymous person that their job, it was posted on wow.com, that their job was to hack accounts, steal gold, and move on to the next. And they explained during that interview exactly what they were doing, which was a man-in-the-middle attack. Authenticators, nothing is 100% foolproof. If you're not careful, on top of having securities in place, it's going to fail. Just keep in mind, folks, that no matter what you do, you at the end of the day, you are still responsible for your own security. You can have a super robot named Cobra that shoots everything that comes into your house, but if you're not taking proactive steps to keep yourself safe, it's going to happen.
2: Yeah. No, again, it is something that I know it's it's common sense. You have to have an antivirus on your system. If you don't, you're a jackass. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're just asking for trouble. Now, for anybody who, well, I shouldn't say that because maybe there's (laughs) listeners who don't have it. Um, If you want to know whether or not this is something that you should be concerned about, go into your C drive. And it, they say that it's located in the, uh, where is it? Temporary files. Users, yeah, the temp files within your go to user, your username, app data, and then your the temp files, and it's an emcor.dll. If you've got that, then you may have a problem. Um, anyways, go to uh, wow.com check it out. Actually, any WoW site right now probably has the information on it uh, because they've been talking about it quite a bit. It's it's nothing new. If you work in IT and security then you've seen this kind of shit before. It's just that it is much... It's, it's being brought to our attention. And I think that it's important to bring it to the attention because there's some people who rely too heavily on that authenticator thinking that's the end all be all and they're perfectly protected. You're not. It's very important to have a, an antivirus that's up to date. Anyways, yeah, check it out. I'll, I'll put the, the link in the show notes anyway so that uh, folks can check it out. There was also a nice Twitter chat transcript that was posted with some WoW devs where they answered some questions. Uh, I mean, it wasn't... There, there, there was quite a bit of information that was put again you have the limitations of Twitter and then you also have the sometimes quirky humor of the, the devs but they <laughs> went through quite a bit of stuff I mean everything from the talking about submarine mounts that are going to be coming um, the female worgen skins that they're going to be posting hopefully fairly soon talking some more about the STV revamp um, bigger bags that are going to be coming which I mean that's not big news um, them working on talking about doing more more heroic dungeon revamps because they're going to be doing the um the two starting but they're talking about later on working on some of the other ones to make them heroics as well which is nice you're not going to be able to have your race class the new one combos until cataclysm so no dwarf shame for you buddy until cataclysm and then like more caverns of time that's going to be coming i don't know if you guys spotted anything else in there that you thought was interesting
3: Actually, uh, the two devs that were doing the chat, I think is very interesting. Um, Greg street and Corey Stockton, um, compared to the last, uh, developer chat, this was phenomenal. Um, the answers were not canned. Um, these were good answers. They were answering good questions. Um, and they were taking some of the harder ones that I think that, uh, were skipped over last time, basically because the people involved weren't as high up on the food chain. So I think that's very important as well. Um, I like the fact that they were talking about, uh, some of the, the revamping of the zones, um, that I thought that was very interesting, especially Stranglethorn Vale and, and Tenaris, And, uh, I think there was a little something, something about Desolace in there as well. Um, I mean not a lot of it is is terribly new news but it's still great and it's nice to see that that big big developers are taking their time to do it uh to sit there and take the responses and answer questions and uh the of course the humor of Canadians whining their moose uh was well appreciated
4: <laughs> well <laughs> I, I can be I I want the moose freaking that be nice <laughs> I way, like we, what did, the... we,
3: we we did verify that that was not a photoshop picture by the way
2: yeah <laughs> I like the, the talk as well about the bind on account gear that will be cross realm. That is yes. important. Now, that's not going to be in, but it is actually a work in progress. Just the mere fact that they're saying it's a work in progress to me is fantastic, which means you should be able to have just an 80 somewhere that can work towards getting the tokens needed for whatever to buy whatever piece that you want and then send it to whatever alt on any server to me that's huge I think that it'll be fantastic
3: and the thing I, is long I, over I, go ahead uh, sorry
4: uh, I was gonna say I I really the one thing that I pulled out of that entire dev thing was um the revamping specifically with some of the zones that nobody freaking bothers with anymore like blasted lands they're going to um, – because the Dark Portal of Wada, they're opening it up to the shore. That entire half of the zone that's just this humongous space, this um, uh, was used for Doomlord Kazakh, and that's pretty much it. It's just full of a bunch of demons like called the Tainted – god, Tainted something. I don't know. Whatever, the Tainted Scar or some shit like that, and that's going to become like an entire Worgen subzone area. You know, That's going to be like a whole Worgen hub. So I thought that was kind of interesting
2: that and the plague Lands as well too that they were talking yes. about is going to yes. get Yes, yeah a they're huge, bringing them back to western. Yeah, because that really Eastern, the plague Lands busted. are the, the, um, they were talking here about the Western Plaguelands. The Plaguelands are absolutely useless right now because everybody is, well, except for the, the starter quest for the, the DKs, um, everybody jumps past those right into Outlands now. Like, I never enjoyed questing there to begin with. Um, that being said, it's going to be nice to see some pretty serious changes that will then convince you to or entice you to stay there instead of jumping right to Outlands.
3: And and I think that's also cool, too, because, I mean, we, we I talked about this a, 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 about a year ago. Um, when we were talking about what Cataclysm is doing right. And it was literally the upheaval of your home world and seeing like every great adventure, every great novel, every great uh, fantasy epic that we've ever read. There's always this desire of the main character, either go home or save home. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see. Um, especially with like the western plague lands with the plague receding from the western plague lands um, even in the the midst of all this upheaval there is this small section of hope in reclaiming you know a home territory um, I think that's really interesting because it shows um, the depth that they can go into uh, for this for the story and the truly epic feel that this expansion is already ramping up just by content alone not even not to mention any lore changes that happen but it's it's I think it's great to see that they're doing these changes. I think it's great to see that the homelands are being modified. I think it's it's nice to see uh, quest hubs and sub zones being put into places where people don't really go because some of these zones are absolutely phenomenal. Um, Desolus is gonna be absolutely amazing. It was a fun place, but it was just, there was nothing there and you just ran for hours and hours and hours just to get from one place to another. That's the same thing with like the blasted lands. You went there, you maybe quested for a couple quests and then you left, you went, you went somewhere else immediately. And it's nice to see that they're putting something there, that's going to be say, oh wow, wow! Look, there's a bunch of shit here. There's new crap here. Um, oh wow, this is actually a really fun zone. So it's nice. It's it's nice to see. Yeah, that. they well, have I- they have a lot of real
4: estate though, and they've used maybe like a small chunk of everything. They have like a ton of real estate in all these big zones. They're just humongous as zones and. You barely use anything. You barely even visit half of it or or a quarter of it these days now. Like the wetlands is a perfect example for me Mm -hmm. anyway. How many people go to the wetlands now? I remember back in Vanilla while I was there all the damn time. But then now I go through and it's like this zone is too fucking big. Well, look at,
3: look at Azara. is the same thing. Now they're going to peek putting goblins oh, yeah. in there. Who the hell goes there is? literally there? I never quested there before. I, dude, I, I went there to go solo uh, Azeregos once. That was it. And then I just avoided uh, that place uh, like the plague because you fall off a cliff and you're just done. You can't get anywhere until your hearthstone is up. I well, mean, it's but not they're, just they're really that. It's the entire place. Yeah, it's not just that. It's the.
2: The, the being able to actually navigate around it as well too, that's a huge thing. You are, there's a lot of different zones where the navigation was such a pain in the ass that you just point blank avoided it because it's not a good investment for your time. Whereas um, now with the, the getting your mount so early, it, it's easy to get around. Now with right. being able to fly around in there, well not now, but you will be able to, that's going to make a, di- a big difference. I don't mind the huge places that have these ravines and I'm like freaking, uh, whatchamacallit, <laughs> outlands, as long as I can fly over that crap. If I'm not, if I have to ride either around it or through it, I ain't having none of that. But if I can fly over it, oh look, that's very pretty. I, You know, that's not a problem. So, like, when they're talking about revamping now, your existing high level characters that can fly, well, it's going to be fantastic because you're going to be able to fly and look at Azeroth in a whole new light. Whereas as they're introducing so many changes to existing content for that level character and like they're talking as well making the starting um quests more epic for well so far they're talking about for gnomes obviously and for trolls and talking about enhancing the starting quest for the other ones as well then it's going to be a lot more enticing to actually play through those alts instead of just you know barreling through so that you're just gaining levels as fast as possible you're actually going to want to play actually going to want to read the quests and actually enjoy the new zones
3: and and that's you you hit on another point too that i'm very excited for and i just want to touch on it real quick being able to fly in the old world how many things do we used to see back in vanilla wow where there were so many videos of people going and climbing mountains and getting to places where they couldn't get normally um fish you, the talking about the uh, the troll the dancing troll village the yeah. Ironforge airport um, things like that um, so it, it, it's nice to be able to be flying over there and just kind of see that stuff without having to like spend four hours climbing a fucking mountain you know so I'm an, I'm excited about that as well
4: yeah I remember um I think I think I know exactly what you're talking about it's one of my when WoW first kind of started off, it was um, one of the things that really, really just snared me. Was this one guy, uh, Dopefish, was his name? It was a uh, he, he did a bunch of machinima and whatnot, and he um, he visited GM Island, did a video called. Um, World of Warcraft exploration or whatnot. He went to the Iron Forge airport and showed you that. He went to the uh, the farm that's in between Iron Forge and the wetlands that's up there with a bunch of cows and this and that or whatever. You can go if you're a shaman, you can you can far sight your way too and it's pretty cool. I mean the the troll village of Shatterspear or whatever the hell trolls are there by um, um in between I believe it's Thessalus or Stone Town Mountains and and Darkshore, you know, it's just, there's a lot of really cool shit, man, that when we can fly now, we'll be able to see. It really is. It was the most beautiful visuals. You don't get to see things totally, totally different light. It's going to be interesting to see how much of that they keep in for posterity
2: posterity's sake kind of thing and how much is completely taken out due to the, again, the cataclysm changing everything. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if those little nuggets are left in as um, just something that. The old schoolers will look at and say, I remember when you couldn't get there or see that shit or whatever. And now they've revamped it so that it kind of looks cool. So the the secret cow level, essentially, as Vince is saying in the chat room would be kind of neat. Just the little things that we can appreciate because we've been around a while. Agreed. So, agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. They also talked about the new skill system as well, and for the uh, for your gear as well in terms of what you can expect for your stats. Now, this is actually fairly huge. Um, it's something that we were talking about, Joe, as well. Like the. Um, it's going to be that when they were initially talking about it, it was almost as if it was made out to be the end all be all where they were going to be making it so unbelievably simple. And yet when you're reading some of what they're saying, no, it's not the end all be all super simple kind of thing. They are simplifying it for sure. However, there's still a lot of thing that things that are staying in there. Um, Like when they're talking about things that are being, um, taken out, there's things that are going away completely and things that are just being kind of toned down, Changed. case in point. Yeah. Spell power is still staying in, but it's only going to stay in for um, caster
3: classes. Well, And weapons. It'll be on weapons. To me, slow that slow means, yeah,
2: it's, so it's still in there. It's not going away. But there are some things that are being point blank taken out, like your mana per
3: five. Now, this I want to uh, comment on a little bit because... Um, when it was announced, and Rick can, Rick can back me up on this one, yeah. Um, when it was announced at BlizzCon, that's exactly what they said. They, did, they said that they weren't gonna level it out to make it completely simplistic. They were adding depth, not complexity, mm-hmm. and that was the entire idea—to give you a set of base stats that your character can revolve around, um, and then you can then calculate past that point for all the theory crafters. Whereas for the very basic player, these stats, the simplification of these stats, will just make it easier for them them to to find loot upgrades, to find what they need, and it also allows them to change the gear economy a little bit, um, which is very cool because it allows them to specify more drops off of bosses for specific classes um, without having to worry about it getting scooped up by another class that could, in theory, use it and then have to worry about people just up and quitting the game or, or stop them playing because they can't progress anymore with, with loot or whatever the case may be. Um, but it is pretty sweeping. Um, like we said, spell power is still in the game. It's just going to be derived from intellect. Uh, spell power will still be a stat that is found on weapons in order to clearly identify them as caster items. Um, the spirit change is now replacing mp5 as a whole with which when that announcement was made there was this huge audible groan throughout the entire audience you could tell who played a shaman and who played an mp5 dependent class and who didn't um but you know now shamans are getting our little spirit fingers where spirit will now give us a regen um there are a lot of changes on how like intellect will modify your mana pool um the exact ratio has not been released yet um, but i have a feeling that i have a sneaking suspicion that that is mainly to uh curb the massive amounts of intellect that are that is going to be present on gear in order to give casters spell power um there's a lot there's a lot going on here
4: well look, th- these changes are quite possibly one of the things that i'm most excited about with the expansion because in, in in a sense, it's it is simplifying things. I, I wouldn't go so far as say it's be all end all simplifying because if you oversimplify, then it just gets boring because it doesn't it's it's not interesting. It's just okay, plus one or plus two, whatever the hell. What they're doing here, which I really, really like, is the fact that they're taking away a lot of the convoluted, muddled bullcrap with gear. Right now, if a piece of cloth drops in in your raid, Joe, if you're in a raid and you're an ICC and a piece of cloth drops and the cloth has stamina, intellect, spirit, haste, spell power, and crit, who is it for? Is it for a warlock? Is it for a priest? Is it for a mage? Is it for a boomkin? Is it for a resto druid? I mean, who the hell can use this? Everybody can theoretically argue till, you know, the loot is rotting on the corpse if they can get this or not. The way they said specifically, even in the in the forum post, if it has spirit on it, it's been for a healer. Period. End the discussion. So that makes things simpler. Now, me as a DPS cast, track be like, oh well, my world just got a lot less full of bullcrap. I don't have to read, you know, a damn dissertation on how the fuck to gear my class. I can just look at this and say, yes, this is an upgrade. No, this is not an upgrade. You know, that puts the fun into getting loot because right now. As a rogue, I mean, a lot of the loot that I have, a lot of the gear that I'm using and what drops, it's just like, okay, well, this is complete garbage. It's a cool brand new piece of gear that for my particular spec or whatever for my class sucks. And that that sucks. You know, when when something drops, you should want to get it. You know, you should have at least some interest in it.
3: There is also one other major change that's happening with the gearing, too, that is affecting every class, and that's going to be the amounts of stamina that is being placed on the gear. This is kind of um, interesting everything. because they and everything mm-hmm. and they're, they're going to be relying on class specific skills and talents in order to create what is a tank what is a caster what is a DPSer, or uh, what's a healer etc 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 this is actually really nice now the reason I think this is nice is because several games already do this and I'll be talking about this as well when we start talking about mastery system which is going to be part of this my next little ramble here um, Lord of the Rings online if anybody has played that game what specifies a tank is the abilities that you pick it's your talents it is the the items you choose that item drops may be also useful for a physical dps class but it's also useful for a tank it's just what you what you have for talents that makes the difference in here they're bringing everybody's stamina up to the same level as a healer Fucking thank you. Seriously, Christ on a cracker, thank you. Because I can't tell you how many times I have had uh, a sub 18,000 hit point person in a raid just get one shotted by a stray frostbolt. Okay. You know, and now bringing the levels up, it makes a healer's job easier. It also makes them easier for them to balance out encounters. They don't have to worry about the random clothy falling dead while still presenting a challenge to healers and tanks. That is awesome. And I love the fact that stamina is going to be on everything. I want a larger health pool across the board. I think that's going to be great. I also think that it speaks volumes of the way they want to go with character design because they're focusing purely on talents and skills to to produce like damage reduction crit you know immunity uh defense and parry and all the good stuff for tanking yeah for for it's fantastic because it allows uh them to be a little more in depth with that than they are right now right now it's just i just need this gear to stack and i'm fine it's no now i need to know i need to use my talents i need to use my skills i think that's awesome too now go ahead
4: well, I was gonna say that right there, specifically the defense thing I wanted to touch on, because I'm I the only two characters that I bother playing are my warrior and my rogue. Now my warrior right now, I cube as a tank because I love to tank with him as protection. However, right now I am up shit's creek because I do not lack you know, I, I I lack a lot of, you know, tanking. I'm not defense capped, I don't have this much health, I don't have that much, whatever. It's really, really nice to see what they said to quote it's like if you want to tank, all you need to do is either as a Death Knight be in Frost Presence, and bam, you will have everything you need to tank. You know, as far as threat and and crit immunity and whatnot. Uh, a feral Druid or a Druid in general just has to go into into freaking bear form. Uh, a Paladin just has to put on Righteous Fury, and a uh, Warrior just has to go into defensive stance. That's really damn nice.
3: And it is. It really is, and I like the way that the the character design, the character development is is broadening, and it's coming to you start to see the work more so now than you did before. Um, on that same vein, let's talk about the mastery system a little bit, if you guys are okay with that. Um, the mastery system is something that allows specialization for your particular role. Spec. It, it's your spec. So if you're a restoration shaman or an elemental shaman, your masteries are going to be different. Now, again, this is something borrowed from other MMOs that I'm happy to see that it's being placed into um you know World of Warcraft now I have talked about Lord of the Rings online Lord of the Rings online does use a skill mastery system and as you go deeper into a tree you get more benefits whether it's additional healing additional uh, damage mitigation uh, additional mana regeneration they haven't released too many specifics on it from the wild wow front but they have said that it is going to make you more defined in your role what that allows you to do is it allows you to take certain skill points like right now there's bread and butter uh, cookie cutter specs are pretty much everything. Um, I talked about this a little bit in my one post uh, When I talked about the three common restoration shaman specs They're pretty much all the same with minor points moved around why because there's talents that you have to take It's the same Must. thing for prot warriors. It's the same thing for uh, You know combat rogues There are these talents that you absolutely have to take or you fail completely at your role what The mastery system allows you to do is it allows you to take those points put them in fun talents talents that may not directly um affect your you know your healing output or your damage mitigation but the mastery system will compensate for it allowing you to have more fun and more unique character specs that is huge i like the idea of not seeing five shamans in a row all of them restoration and every single one of them having the same exact talents and glyphs i love having a little personal flavor on the on your characters and allowing us to do that great move on their part
4: i like the fact that you're not going to have weapon skills anymore at all <laughs> I, I hate to, I hate to like just jump in right before Roger, bro. <laughs> bro. Try leveling, level a freaking warrior, level a rogue, and it's like if you get a new item and you just happen to have that weapon skill at one out of four hundred, and you just sit there and you want to cut yourself because you know you're gonna have to go through the stockades for about fifteen goddamn days before you get that shit up to where you can actually start using your shiny new item. So I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that there's no more weapons. <laughs> Sorry, I like we,
3: the we, we're done
4: <laughs> That's right. I
2: I actually like what you were saying too, Joe. In terms of being able to have a little bit more fun with your specs, because if there's one thing that is um, annoying about wow in terms of your specs and whatnot well you're seeing that now as you're writing for wow.com and you're giving an opinion of what is currently one of the best kind of things for end game rating and for healing and whatnot and there's always going to be people who are going to argue with you that you're not right or whatever it'd be nice to have a system wherein you can have whatever spec you want within reason and still have it wherein the whatever gear they have can compensate for that like you said so that you can still heal as effectively as the the other spec however do it differently there it'd be nice to have a system where and there's no best way but rather that everybody can have their way and if the numbers show that everybody's healing as well then there you go just one person is doing it the way that they deem it to be fun versus the other
4: so what you're saying is a world where people would use elitistjerks.com to learn more about the class and not as a way to tell somebody that they suck right is, yes is that possible is that a pipe dream that would am be i dreaming in multicolor?
3: Wait, that, that, that <laughs> might be like saying that there's no more porn on 4chan i don't know
4: yeah it's dude i i wrote this rant earlier today about it just because man i think things such as gear score and even like the cookie cutter elitist jerk thing where it's like i have a question about rogues go to this forum and do what they say but i have a question about no no, no i just go to this forum <laughs> so do what they say, spec like that, put it in the spreadsheet. I'm like, I don't want to put anything in spreadsheet, but spreadsheet. Like, all right, I got the spreadsheet and I look at it. I'm like, my gear's not on the spreadsheet. Get more gear. How do I get spreadsheet? Okay. <laughs> It's, I hate all that arbitrary bullshit, man. I mean, and see, uh, I've
2: seen that since I've been back in the game and already, and like I've been out for a little while now, and it's one of the things that I did not enjoy back in the day, and I'm seeing it again where it's that the I wasn't around when Gearscore came in. That's when I wasn't playing for a few months there, and it's like, oh, give me a goddamn break. Like, come on. <laughs> I will take a player with skill any day of
4: the oh, week
2: yes. before I give a rat's ass about gear score. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a yeah, break, a though, because time. look at, my glass is empty. So we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back okay. in a few minutes, and we're going to, we have, um, actually quite a bit of, 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 uh, interesting news um some of it going back to our our, our, our favorite game ion and what they're doing <laughs> we're not going to harp on it for too long all right we'll be back in a few folks
1: what are
0: you doing scanning hey yo bc the turntable biotic hit him with the good stuff gone throw away
1: You, you want to see if I've got, got the minerals?
0: So I'm, I'm Commander Chefs, Chefs, way i got those minerals. Beep it, I'll break it down so you can absorb what okay. You need to mine planets, minerals, and do it from orbit. Some good yeah. advice and you're too much of a noob to make no it. You'll be stranded with no fuel if you foolishly floor it. I used to rock microphones rhyming in the stadium days, I launch probes mining for palladium. No slouching at my console, crying from the tedium. I contemplate relations with the slimiest of aliens. A <laughs> specter and the lion send seven special ops. Word. Some things I scan are anomalous, but the rest are rocks. This shit is so boring, most men's souls would wither. Okay. Yo, but I ain't trying to get my tallies or i blown to smithers. Uh-huh. No doubt, I get it in with the urethium. Yeah. Rhythmically clicking, launch probe, tunnel vision, and the am mining for resources with the lowliest of purpose as I drag the scanner reticles slowly on the surface.
3: Probe away. I'm 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 Commander
4: Shepherd. Away, way, way. You, you wanna see if I've got you got the minerals? Probe away. I'm I'm
1: Commander Shep's Chef's Shepherd. Probe away,
0: wet way. Snelly gone out. Hey yo, probe away. Foes know that probing may make me cranky like Harkin on a sober day. Okay. Tommy's research, hey yo, fuck a solar ray, I'll take a king. The motherfuckers go straight and no Scan Procedurally or just stop and meander but if it's taking ages, doggy, stop with the scanner You need to get a fucking upgrade Talk to Miranda, she'll probably get up from her desk So you can stop for a gander She's a skeezy hoe, totally elusive man, he don't believe me Though I oughta find his office, leave the geezer leaking hemoglobs, although I know the brother Brought me back from the dead, I feel compelled To put one in the back of his head Anyway, fuck a prime directive, only amateurs enforce this I'm strip-mining planetoids, scanning for resources Rackin' shit now the Normandy is upgraded and damaging your forces. Yeah. I get my scan on like a tampon. I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm Commander She. You think the first word galaxy away. Done it already since it's a few? But I go, guess go, the go, task go, I mean, is.
3: So what wound up getting me back into Star Trek pretty pretty hardcore was um, all my guildies um, from Warcraft have actually picked it up based on uh, things I was saying in the middle of raids. And I'm sitting there, you know, screaming, pew pew, phasers, full power, set to stun, and like crap like that going like just absolutely bonkers shit nuts. And all the closet Trekkies are sending me tells like, hey, uh, so is there free trials I can try out? Or well, actually, actually the there's can... the seven day buddy thing now. Yep. So I mean, a bunch of emails went out, and a bunch of them hopped on, and uh, so they've they've started joining in.
2: <laughs> yeah, I need to get just see what I'm finding with. Oh, we're talking too much about it. Let's stop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Okay. So Actually, you know what?
2: Screw back, that. Back, Rick's sure. not playing. Let's do this. This let's, hello and welcome back you know to what? Fourth let's, Lore. <laughs> let's go for it. Come on. Because he, yeah, so the big news right now that's going on with Star Trek Online is the state of the game letter that they put out, wherein they're talking about the changes that they're going to be making with. the game as it's coming up now we're looking at some pretty serious things that are coming up um stuff like the changes to um the death mechanic right now we're in there's absolutely no death penalty for you however they're talking about imposing a death penalty now you think it's funny when people say i want my death mechanic in the game there's no there's no disadvantage to dying so people just kind of plow through however if you look at it from a really clear game playing design standpoint when you are playing if there's no consequence to dying it completely changes the way that you play the game and we've been seeing that with star trek online where in there because there's no consequence to dying people go all balls out dive in get killed and then just resin and go right back. So there's no, nobody's thinking about how to do an an instance more effectively. Nobody's thinking about, nobody cares if there's a science officer in the group healing you. Nobody cares about those things. So being able to actually introduce that into the game, even though it's a negative thing, which they did say earlier that they wanted to be very careful in how they did it because they're going to be introducing a penalty into the game, uh, which is not something you want to do. In this case, it is going to be something that's needed.
3: I agree I think it's absolutely needed and here's why um, let's look at a game the the other game of the the space combat genre let's look at Eve online when you die in Eve there is a ramification there are ramifications there is a cost there's a cost associated to losing your ship there's a cost associated to having to uh, salvage all the stuff that you lost that was fitted on your ship as well as any cargo you were hauling as well as having to to, to essentially pay for being cloned and brought back into the game so that sucks. It, it, while it sucks, it's necessary. It is an absolutely necessary thing because if you're not afraid of dying, what's the point? It, it, if there's no fear factor involved in it, if they, you're not cautious about it, you literally, you just go in, declare ramming speed, charge into a fucking Borg cube, blow it up, I'll, I'll just spawn later and the guy will be dead still, it's fine, no big deal. you know. And it, it also, it, it adds a level of, and I hate to say it like this because it is a game, but a level of realism. In in If you lose a ship, I mean, let's look at all the Star Trek movies in particular. Every time they lost a ship, that ship was out of commission for a good long while. It took money and resources to rebuild it. Even if you had another ship that you could pop on, uh, your original ship, as much as you wanted it, you had to friggin' wait. So adding a little bit of a consequence, I'm okay with that. I am absolutely okay with that. Oh, damn It'll right. force... It'll force people to communicate now um, right now when we get into a random group I, I I still random groups. Nobody says fucking dick and I mean it like nobody says anything at all i might like it the occasional thanks for the group or that was pretty fun, but nobody says anything while the mission's going on um, I'll be talking because I'm so used to it from other games Like I'll be saying like okay. Here's the target Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. But nobody responds. I just kind of fly to my location and that's it. It's not This will force people to say, you know, to communicate a little bit. Okay, there's this big nasty around the corner. Be prepared. How big is it? How many guys does he have with them? So it'll force a little bit of communication as well because, you know, if you don't communicate, you don't know what's out there. You don't know what's out there. You die. You suffer the penalty. Yeah, it's it's, something that – It's
2: see, This is one of the reasons too where I was talking – about getting back into WoW uh, to have that, that sense of actually playing with other people. Because even though, like, yes, Star Trek Online is heavily instanced, but even taking that into consideration, there's so little communication with other people. I mean, Guild Wars is incredibly instanced as well. And yet still, you spend a lot of time still talking with people. You actually are doing things with people. Whereas with this, I'm finding that even though they're there, I never talk to anybody, and they never talk back if I happen to say something. So it'll be nice to, to, I think that of all things, this is going to introduce more conversation. You're going to have to play as a team to do different things. So I I think it's fantastic. Plus, it will make it so that a healer matters. Yes. (laughs) Because for now, it does not matter. In In fact, as it stands now, if you were making a group for... A higher level mission, you would not choose necessarily to have a science officer. If you had to choose, you would take strictly balls out DPS all the way, maybe a tank, because that's just the way it is. So it'll be nice where,
3: yeah, you want that science officer to, to come along. Well, this is also very interesting, too, because this is the same problem that Champions Online had. Well, Champions Online people that wanted to play a healer, there was no need for them because the dying, there was basically no consequence. You just kind of rezzed up and went back in. So now when you're adding a consequence, you're essentially allowing it so that healers are necessary, healers are needed, because people don't want to die. They don't want to suffer the penalty. So healers are going to be able to jump in and say, I'm a science officer, you need me, and go on these missions and get them done where they might not be able to do them themselves. So, I mean, it's it's a nice dynamic to, in, to, to put into the game to kind of ninja the demand for a healer without outright saying okay everybody needs to take a healer now it's now they're kind of following gamer mentality they're making it so that it's beneficial for you to have it so that's it
2: yeah definitely definitely it, it will be interesting they're also going to be introducing uh, a respec which is fantastic because that is something that is actually required when you look at I mean, when you first start off, you don't know your spec that well. When you're looking at everything initially, it is quite daunting. So when you're thinking about it in terms of you just kind of shoving in points willy-nilly, it's going to be very good to be able to take all those points back and then make sense of them later because you have more of an understanding of your class, of all the points and everything else. They're also going to be putting in a difficulty slider, which, I'm not so sure whether I agree with that, but I mean, why not? Um, More open autifier. Yeah, anything that's going to save my space bar and and mouse button will be nice. Um, Replayable missions. Now, depending on how they tackle that in terms of uh, what kind of experience gains you can expect from it, that'd be interesting because... I mean, you're basically creating dailies is what all you're doing. So it'll be interesting to see how they tackle that. Um, they're talking about improving memory alpha, which, yeah, it's a freaking boring place to go. I Yes, it is right now. Point blank, it is. I mean, something that should be epic is not. It's pretty. It's kind of cool. It's kind of fun to run around in because of the sound your shoes make. But that's about it. And then fixing those commodities issues. I don't know what the hell they're talking about there. What are they, what are they talking about?
3: Commodity issues, I don't know if you, have you played with the exchange at all? See, that's, the, I haven't really. Okay, th- everything is inflated. So what winds up happening, because energy credits are so easy to come by, it's essentially destroying whatever potential chance the game has in an, an economy. Um, but that's it. Um, okay. So what's happening, you go to the exchange, you go to look for an updated, let's say, engine. It's going to cost you 4 million energy credits um, when it wasn't intended to do that, when it's like a really minor upgrade. So it's essentially drowning the economy. So there is a commodities problem because there's just too much money.
2: Okay, cool. That's uh, yeah, I I haven't bothered with that. When I'm in, I'm actually questing and doing stuff. I'm not bothering with any of those other things, which I know are important to be able to flesh out the game to give it a lot more uh, depth. But because it, from what I've seen of it, it's so it's not necessary. It's to the enjoyment for for the levels that I'm at right now. That quite frankly, there's not much point. So that's why I haven't bothered. I am looking forward to all of this. They're also talking about the. Um, the additional, um, the 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 missions as well, the uh, including the Children of the con one that they were talking about. I I like that they're mm-hmm. cool. again. It, it what are you laughing at? <laughs> as I thought you said
4: Children of the Corn. I'm like Children of the Corn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, shut up <laughs> like, until we
4: start talking what? about Ion. <laughs> See, this
2: is why we started talking without you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the. Um, basically, they're making the 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 board badass that they're supposed to be kind of thing. So the board that you're going to be encountering in a lot of these quests are going to be the the epic characters that they're supposed to be. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun because, like I said, when we were talking to. to um, the the lead writer as well was that I'm finding that the Borg are far too easy to kill starting off and the I know they're not the the what are they the they're they're a strange Borgs Borgs that don't want to be part of the Borg anyway whatever they're broken uh, no they're broken uh, off they, from they, the collective they lost whatever you want to call them they're 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 pansies is what they are and so I want the freaking Borg that are tough to kill that are the the Borg kind of thing so this is this is quite cool. Uh, moving on from there, yes, we will touch on on some ion, but first, talk about um, the, the Blizzard the and mode. NC Soft. Well, let's not be too hasty <laughs> here. Blizzard and NCSoft vets are leaving their respective companies to start up a new publishing company with the goal of bringing Asian games to the Western market. Now, yes, you may say you smell fail. However, the fact is they're bringing in, they're not bringing in a free-to-play MM Korean MMO or something like that. They're bringing in Terra to start off with. Now, this is a game that I actually wanted to talk about some time ago. If you look back at the waves that I'd created a while back, I don't know if you guys ever noticed, it but it's actually a game that i'd mentioned i wanted to touch on because i'd Mm -hmm. found it a while back Mm -hmm. Terra looks like a fantastic game with a, a, a a system for combat that relies on skill that's much more of a first person shooter in terms of you're not auto targeting something you actually have to hit it that's huge. The game actually has quite a bit of depth already. They're heading into the closed, the uh, the third closed beta for it. They've got a lot already in it, and it really looks like it's going to be a very fun game. And, and
3: it does, and I definitely remember uh, when you talked about that before, but it's one of those things where of all the games that have come over from the Asian market, how many of them have really succeeded on, in in the Western world? it's not because of lack of innovation. Um, it tends to be just from cultural differences. Now, with Terra... Um, this may be the first one that does that really, really, really well. And I mean, if it doesn't have the, the same grinding problems and it does that advanced targeting system, hell yes, that's going to be awesome. But, um, you got to understand it with it having so much hype right now. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people that are actually talking about it right now. Um, especially now that the closed beta is going on through what, March 7th, I want to say, um, you know, people are starting to pipe up about it is it going to be as good as people are are saying it's going to be that's the question
2: well see i think that if you've got and i may be incorrect in this however if you've got a publishing company that is based that has many north american based um, employees who can perhaps influence the game before it makes it over to our market the North American they can influence
4: market. Influence development. If they can influence development, I will be. That's what uh, I mean. I it and 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 yes. it
2: stands to reason that they can, to a certain degree, influence the development. They're the ones that are publishing this, um, so they have some measure of influence there. So if you're looking at one of the things that we keep saying is that the 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 Asian games that are coming out are not geared towards the North American audiences. Well, if we can have that go-between, that is a transition wherein they can help them make it so that the game is much more, um, not, I shouldn't say much more, but somewhat more geared towards our market, then yeah, that is something that would be fantastic. Can they pull it off? Who knows? But I mean, I'd be willing to give them the credit. I don't know. Oh, just
4: just real quick, man. What it comes down to with um with Asian, Asian and more RPGs and such, I think the biggest allure is a the art. A lot of people have a very niche, like you know, I watch anime. I like that art style to a certain degree. So when I see a game like Terra, when I see a game like even Ion, at one point, I look at it and I'm like, wow, this looks awesome and then the gameplay doesn't seem to match that caliber the storytelling is very good the the lore the plot you know they got a decent story a lot of them do the final fantasy games have you know somewhat of a story you know but it's this. there's usually a very interesting story the art is so over the top and so crazy and beautiful however the gameplay is very very lacking now the perfect freaking MMO, in my opinion, would be a game by American developers with an art team totally situated in Asia and writers of both sides
3: working on it at the same time. That would be really, really something. And and, and, that, and that raises another good point is if this game succeeds, which, you know, if everything is true that they say it is and it shapes up to to do exactly what it's doing, then it may succeed. How many more are we going to see that are going to succeed? You know that's going to be the that's going to be the real question how many more can they bring over um before it just completely falls off so i think you're right if we can get western developers with eastern art it may be pure unadulterated success but right now i think that- stands, they don't have a good track record
2: exactly but this is that first baby step if it works and if they can make a difference then it would stand to reason that any other developers in again Asian market will be able to look to the success that they have had here and then decide okay maybe we should either A bring in people ourselves from the North American audience to be able to influence the game before we release it there or go through a publisher like this where it is again a blend of the North American American and the 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 Asian market um, so that they they can have that nice blend between the two cuz we can have a better blend of the two it doesn't have to just be something that is simply geared towards a north american audience like we have to we have to be able to cope with a certain amount of grinding a certain amount of things like that that are popular over there but it's about ha- finding that happy medium something that we we did not find in ion However, upon reflecting on perhaps the magazine that's going to be coming out, maybe we will be proven wrong. <laughs> maybe maybe seeing nice pictures and maybe getting those free dyes, 10 the 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 black and white dyes maybe and those funky hats, maybe that'll make us realize that we were wrong about Ion. So for those who did not read about this, there are the um, <laughs> there's going to be some an um, an, a strictly digital magazine that's going to have uh, a bunch of freebies for including an ugly ass hat. My god, that thing is hideous. Who would wear that? Um hoogs hoogs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be there or be hoogs. Um but yeah, so you can pick up the copies for what is it, $299, $399, um per issue yeah 319 per issue or a 12 issue subscription i mean i don't know you gotta be heavy into just that to buy a subscription to the game i mean yeah i know they're tossing in the freebies per um to to in-game freebies to to make it more enticing however with Eh. so many sites that are entirely i mean free in terms of information that they provide and whatnot I don't know. I don't see that they could put out anything that would make it worth paying that for an ugly ass Carib hat. That ain't gonna well, happen.
3: <laughs> it not only is it an ugly ass hat, but I mean, okay, let's look at the whole the whole magazine thing. Warcraft is doing it, Blizzard's doing it. Um, they're putting out an actual magazine, a physical magazine that people are paying a subscription for to get. Okay. That's one thing. But
4: to that's charge a beautiful for- magazine.
3: And it is a pretty, it is a pretty magazine. It has has a lot of information in it. The articles are nice. It's very stylized. Now let's go to ION. Okay. Let's compare the two games. Warcraft, 11.5 million subscribers. ION. What do they have? Five left. Um, Game (laughs) content. (laughs) World of Warcraft has been around for five years now going on. It's six and still going strong with all the changes it's making. Ion, I give it six months to live. I mean, this thing's no, got I written all over it. I, and uh, I mean, I'm being facetious, but I'm just yeah. there's a large disparity. But I mean, look how long it took Blizzard to enter into that, to, to offer that format. Now, the WoW Insider was around well before that. There's a ton of digital um, content that's been available for Blizzard games. They haven't charged for it. They just let it be, um, including their own forms and the own information that they have on their sites and including like the armory and things like that. And now we're looking at ION where the game isn't that as popular as 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 the big monstrosity, the nine thousand pound gorilla that is Warcraft. But, hey, um, why are they charging for digital content? And I mean, they're giving you cookies, but essentially that's what you're paying for. You're paying for shit that a fan site would give you and then digital. cookies well, for your game. That's that's what bothers think- me about
2: I think that, and I I am certainly not coming to their defense. I've made my position on ION plenty clear over the episodes. (laughs) That being said, however, I think that it is those digital cookies that are the reason why they are charging for them. Now, if we look at it now, uh, granted, there's something wrong with ION in terms of some of their design things. Really, seriously, people, look at this hat, okay? If you're listening live, you can see it right now. Look at this hat. Zoom now, in on I, it, zoom in on it. I can't, I can't zoom in, dude. But, I mean, look at this crap. Now, if they were offering... Like, we were just talking about the pets for for Warcraft. We were talking about the, the, the plushies as well and the pets, which I actually got to see my first one in-game. And, yes, it's cute, but is it worth 25 Not taking into consideration the plushie. Definitely not. But... By offering items in-game that maybe people do want, that would look a damn sight cooler than this goddamn hat, maybe it would be worth $3.19. And then on top of that, the bonuses you get... This digital magazine that theoretically will have information that you don't know about the game. I mean, they are coming out with a patch for an update for um, for ION. They're talking about uh, second quarter still. And it sounds like it's going to have a lot of different things in it. Whether or not it's going to make the game playable for us here, maybe not. That being said, there's still a huge following for this game. I know that you're joking around. And we've all joked around about our hatred of certain aspects of the game. But goddamn, there's still a huge following to this game. A lot of people still like to bitch about it, but they still play the goddamn game. So Mm -hmm. being able to pay $3.19 so that you have your, your, uh, the color dyes, I can see because coming from Guild Wars where you know, dyes meant a lot to be able to put your color outfit, whatever color you want that. Yeah, that's kind of cool if they had a decent looking goddamn hat okay although the aviator aviator hat isn't quite as bad that that's this although it looks wow i don't want to say it looks gay but i mean look at this thing over here on this dude. special
3: here. ed i think would be more appropriate i
2: i i have i don't know dude there's there's something seriously wrong about that that dude in the pink shirt in the middle here um but yeah if they were offering something that is, like, I mean, again, this is the first issue, so who knows, maybe later on they're going to hear more about it, where they're going to be talking and changing and, and hearing what the, the audience has to say and, and giving you something better. I don't know, maybe people like this shit, but if they can offer stuff that is actually decent, that looks good for three nineteen, and then on top of that you get a little, you know fancy looking news uh, i don't have as huge a problem with that it's something that if this was being offered by blizzard and for War world of warcraft now you regardless of what you're using the argument but blizzard has been waited a lot longer before they did it i don't think that's valid simply because i think it's more about marketing you want to offer this to entice more people back not wait until you have your client base so huge that it doesn't matter whether or not you offer it. You know what I mean? So if you're looking at it from that standpoint, if they offer things that are great, then yeah, it'd be fantastic. Um, and then if from there too, if, again, if you're looking at it from WoW, um, if WoW were to offer these kinds of little things that you could only get if you subscribe, then... You would be $3.19 for a hat that not everybody has that's different or whatever, as long as it didn't look like this jackass aviator hat. (laughs) Unless you have, you know, your helicopter, you're an engineer and you have your chopper, your helicopter. Um, I think that would be fine. I think that people would actually like that. And then if on top of that you get a digital newsprint that, you know, that's just fan loving, nothing more,
3: then I think it'd be all right. And again, I was just being facetious about it, but it just seems it, it is marketing. Um, it just seems like odd timing on it. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems really weird at a at time where the game hasn't, in my opinion, hasn't really hit its swing back up. Into the mainstream quite yet. Like yes, there is a, a still a strong following for it, and yes, there are still people that love to play it. Um, but you don't hear about it in the news nearly as much as you hear about other games that are out there right now. It's kind of fallen to the wayside. And it yeah. seems, and I understand that they're trying to generate interest and things like that. But I figured they would have done something a little bit different first. Um, that said, it, it it's a good idea for any marketing, and, and the in-game cookies are really going to be the draw for it. But then we start getting dangerously close to the territory of microtransactions, which we all know everybody you know has an opinion about um you know we're essentially you're paying for the cookies and getting the digital content as a bonus so it's it's a fine line and it's one that i maybe NCSoft will be able to walk quite well um, and maybe it'll be the start of an upturn maybe they're going to start looking at ways that they can make this game more western accessible i would love to play this game i still have the metal tin next to my computer
2: (laughs) okay you know what it was
3: awesome packaging but it's just i I would love to enjoy this game i just can't (laughs) the only problem i have with it is that
2: you're not being given enough of the in-game bonuses per issue. It's for the whether it's a six-package pa- pack uh, deal or a 12-issue 12 12 package yeah. that you're buying. I, I think that if they offered more from just the single one, I think that a lot more people uh, to be honest, and it, again, it's a, it's a looking at the cost. To be honest, if they were offering, say, like what they're talking about for the six-issue package, you get the uh, some scrolls, uh, some dies, and the pilot hat. You know what? For $3, or if it was per issues, if they offered that for the three and I was playing, I'd buy it, for sure. Just for the fun of it, to be able to have something. Three bucks? Why not? But I think that if they are trying to entice people to buy the... Year-long package by giving them more cookies that ain't gonna work. They're not. They're not doing what they're setting out to do, which is drawing, getting people interested. Anyways, moving on from there to more DLC. There's gonna be a new Mass Effect 2 DLC, dudes.
4: Yes, um, it looks oh, so yeah. really, really cool. Like I, I dude, even, you gotta I've, get I've, your obviously- live set up. Yeah, you I'll gotta say, get I your life set up. So you life can... set up. I'm, I'm looking at the power armor and I'm looking at this. I'm like, man, this is really cool. And then I see the, whole, the, the Firewalker, the DLC is coming out now we're about to talk about. I'm thinking to myself, damn, that looks cool
3: as shit. I love the title that everybody's calling it with Firewalk with me. I'm sorry. That just makes me happy. <laughs> <It> <laughs> I'm looks a huge fan- Lynch fan.
2: Yeah, it looks fantastic. So yeah, that's going to be coming out. Although they didn't give a date for it, though. Um,
4: just said late March. What's that? They just said late March, so yeah, this month. So who
2: knows? But yeah. that looks fantastic. Plus, it's actually going to have some um, five new missions as well. So yeah, this looks freaking cool, and it's going to be free again. Free. How can you go wrong with free? You know. <laughs> so you like, Vince is talking in the uh, the chat room about the Normandy crash site quest, and they've proven that with. Very, uh, well, by doing something that you would think, okay, they're going to skimp out because it's something free that they're just putting out as a fan service. It's not going to be a big deal. Like the Normandy crash site was free. Dude, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, you walk onto that area. Now, I don't want to spoil it for you, Rick, Um, but when you go there and you're at this, the, the crash site of the Normandy and there's mm-hmm. different things that you can do and they're talking about the soundtrack for it and everything it is so well done the flashback scenes periodically and things like that explain a lot plus bridge that transition between the games in a way that is actually emotional which you don't get very often i mean it's really fantastic so when they're talking about this here I I have nothing but faith that it'll be epic, even though it's this free little DLC. I I cannot wait to see it. So yeah, dude, well, you got to get your your live set oh, yeah, so that you can do. download yeah, some it's, of
4: this stuff. It's, it's going to be set by tomorrow night for sure, um, <laughs> probably around eight. It was it was going to be tonight, but you no, know, we're doing the show. And um, well, it's I I cannot wait. I, I really I really can. Um, I I'm I'm so happy to see that. There's just People are still okay with saying, well, we made a couple billion dollars on this one product. We're going to start giving them something for free you well, know, just again, to help enhance it.
2: Let's just that. look at the, um, the Zaid team member, squad member that mm-hmm. you can get for free, that you would think, I mean, again, it's just going to be a dude for free. A, he looks freaking cool. They did a fantastic job with the the skin for him and things like that. The the design standpoint and everything. The character is fun. Um, Having him in your group provides for very interesting conversation. Reminds me again very much of having Shale in your group in Dragon Age Origin kind of thing. And yet when you look at the quest for his loyalty mission... They didn't skimp out here. It's a fantastic quest. The mission is... I mean, there's a lot to it. Your choices also have a huge impact on that loyalty. I actually did not gain his loyalty. And I'm glad for that one that I didn't because it was the end to that when you don't gain his loyalty. It was freaking epic. It was fantastic. It was like, oh my God, (laughs) this is too cool. So... And, and that was free, it was just tossed in. So yeah, I the, the more stuff that they toss out like this, the, the longer that game is gonna last and the more you're gonna wanna keep playing through. So that to the point where you're so heavily invested in it, when they do start charging for content that is much more, uh, has so much more to it, I won't have a problem dropping five bucks or more knowing that their free stuff
3: was as good as this. And and nobody does it quite as well as BioWare does. Let's, let's be perfectly honest. I mean, the way they, they integrate, integrate uh, the DLC story into the main story um, is always fantastic, no matter what it is, whether it's, and, and everybody was bitching about it, but I personally loved Return to Ostagar. I thought it was a nice little cookie, and it was actually fairly emotional um, to, to, like you said, the Normandy crash site. I, I hear the music come out on the soundtrack. I have the soundtrack, and you can't help but just tear up. It's fantastic. Can, can you hook me up with that, by the way? The soundtrack, just, you know. Uh, a I, I, I will be more than happy to direct you to the download link. Wait. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I was asking for because I'm
4: looking Jeez, at, the way. I should I replay a- the
2: down. last episode where he was talking about, you know, stealing stuff. I, I should find that. I have <laughs> yeah, it right here. Hold on one second. All right, moving on from there, we just have a couple of short announcements. Um, mm-hmm. We're looking at uh, oh, ooh, ooh, what you want to do the announcements. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah come go come on! For like one of the only few Wii players left, <laughs> all right. you um, basically are. Yeah, <laughs> up until I got the 360. Anyway, um, Metroid Other M has been given a release date confirmed from July 27th, and I'm actually pretty excited about that because I I, I grew up with Metroid, bro. I mean, I, I grew up playing freaking Contra and Metroid and all the Nintendo games, and you know, I, I played um, Metroid Prime and, and that whole business when when that came out, and I I really like the fact that they're bringing it back to kind of like a pseudo side school and the fact that the, um, the Team Ninja guys are doing it really, really awesome. It looks freaking phenomenal. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 got a release day of May the 23rd. And the footage of the gameplay has made me, like... That was another thing. Me and Joe were, like, spamming each other on AIM at the same time with the same freaking gameplay videos and whatnot. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I still have Mario Galaxy 1. I have not finished playing it because I can't get through it. Just I get freaking motion sick, all right? Especially with the underwater planet levels because then you're dealing with the gravity issues plus being underwater. It's just the, the gameplay footage gave me a headache having watched it, but it's going to be another amazing game. It's going to be an awesome (laughs) game. Um, That's pretty much it. There's Darkfall trial for a book, but I didn't write that there. And I thought Darkfall was kind of like a, a joke. Well, I actually
2: added it in because I thought it was fairly interesting that you can now try out Darkfall if you want but it's going to cost you a buck so you actually have to pay for a trial. Now, what some people were saying is that that's going to stop a lot of either A spammers or kids from just trying it or whatever because you're going to have to actually put a credit card number in so it's going to limit the amount of people. Um, However, limiting the amount of people who try is not always a good thing. So whether or not it's a good idea to be charging for trials now is is fairly interesting is a buck really that big of a deal well maybe not if you're only trying a few demos here and there trials but if you're trying enough of them do you really want to be spending that
3: well, and I think the the major thing about it, and I was reading about this, is that there's no strings attached. Um, with the other trial accounts that out there, and I'll use WoW as an example again. When you create a trial account, you create a ten day, a, a, a 10 day free trial account. You're restricted. You can't receive mail from somebody. Um, you can't uh, send a tell who somebody hasn't accepted you as a friend. You're very isolated. You don't get the full game experience. Okay, and I can understand that because you're they're trying to reduce uh you know trying to keep it a little more secure and trying to reduce like the amount of spammers and shit like that fine um but to pay a dollar and not have that same restrictions i'd be okay with that i mean dark seems like an interesting game to me it would be worth the dollar just to install it try it out without any restrictions to get the same experience that i would have as if i were to pay fifty dollars and try playing the game um perfect example we all dumped this money on ion and you know we we played it (laughs) and we played through the first levels and you know i didn't get a beta access so i had no clue what to to expect i just thought it was going to be awesome and essentially i wasted that cash in my opinion whereas if i could have paid a dollar to try it out without any restrictions i could have made a much more informed decision so i think that it's okay and i also think that it's it's shows a lot of faith in their game too, because if they think you can pay a dollar and get the full experience of the game for seven days and not have any restrictions, awesome. You know, that means that they think they have a good product.
2: Yeah, no, I'm actually, I am for it. I don't think it's a bad thing. I do think it's going to limit a lot of the people who would try it, but it will also be something wherein, again, limiting is not always a bad thing, and it does provide a better game experience when you're not just dealing with, the less than savory aspects of either having gold spammers or of kids who are just there to grief people and not just kids um, and things like that. So I actually don't think it's a bad thing at all.
4: And, you know, to, to be totally honest though, just quickly going back to something that, uh, that Joe just said with, with Ion, it, it did feel like a, like a major waste, but it was, it was a total, I think that's a totally unique and different story because the beta was nothing like live, the beta Hell was no. nothing, nothing at The beta was exciting. The beta was even more, even through all their problems, and they had quite a few of them, especially at launch. The beta did not allude to anything that happened after, after on like in retail a- after launch. That well, that was put where, it this that's way: when got bad.
2: despite all the problems, I was still looking forward to playing every day at that time. And then it didn't yeah. take long after launch that 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 was gone and it was like okay well now it's it's a chore and so yeah it's it's uh, it's it's a different beast altogether kind of thing but again in terms of this here or for other games too let's say your star trek paying a dollar to be able to bounce into the game once it's already established and get a good feel for it for seven days whether or not you like it Seven days is plenty long. I mean, in seven days, I leveled my 73 Druid to 78. And I could have gone even further if I wasn't messing around at the auction house all the time. Um, You can do a lot in seven days to see whether or not if you dedicate your time to that game to see whether or not it is something you actually want to to pick up i i if they did this for more games i would be all for it now that being said we're going to wrap it up at that thank you folks for joining us make sure to download the episode um if possible tomorrow or on wednesday same as normal so that you can listen to vince's feature on the third squad member for mass effect 2 he's doing it on morden as well as Rick's review of um, the Richard Naxx book, um, Stormrage. And so, again, that's going to wrap it up. We're going to have a few minutes
1: here for post-show, and we will talk to you next week. Take care. Hello, everyone. This is Vince from MassiveNerd.net, bringing you my weekly Mass Effect 2 squad member biography. Please note these features do contain spoilers, so if you have not finished the game yet, now is the time to stop listening. This week's character is the genius, the Solarian scientist Morden Solus. Compared to other species, Solarians live relatively short lives. Unlike Asari or Krogans, who live for centuries, 60 years is not much time to leave your mark on the galaxy. Creatures of intelligence, rather than strength or emotion, Solarians excel at all forms of scientific discovery. By these standards, Morden Solus is the best the Salarians have to offer. In order to understand Morden, one must first understand the Krogan genophage. With the Krogan threatening to overrun the galaxy, the Salarians helped the Taurians develop the genophage, rendering nearly the entire species sterile, halting their explosive expansion that threatened to overrun all of Citadel space. Several hundred years later, the Krogan started developing a resistance to the genophage, causing their numbers to start to rise again. Seeing the potential threat, the Salarian government calls in the Special Tasks Group, led by a young Morden. Morden decided that a new strain of the genophage would actually be in the Krogan's best interest. If their population was not brought back under control, they would eventually expand beyond their space again. It is their nature. At this point, full-scale war would be the only option, with the council races uniting against the Krogan. The only possible outcome would be genocide, wiping the Krogan out of existence. Renewing the genophage would allow the Krogan to survive. It would be a harsh life, but life nonetheless. As Borden explains, the genophage is misunderstood by most of the galaxy. It doesn't make the Krogan sterile. Rather, it adjusts the successful birth rate based upon environmental stimuli. If the Krogan band together and rampage across the galaxy again, the birth rate will drop off, as no force can stand up to the Krogan. Instead, if the Krogan battle each other as their nature leads them to do, the birthrate will increase to compensate for the losses suffered. The genophage was not designed to make the Krogan extinct. The concept was just to stabilize their population, allowing the Krogan to live their lives as normal without threatening the rest of the galaxy. These are the decisions Morden was forced to make. Choosing the best way to be responsible for millions of deaths weighed heavily on his conscience. After releasing the new strain of the genophage, Morden resigned from the STG. He would wander the galaxy for a time, looking for absolution. He knew that he did the right thing and that the end justifies the means. This does not, however, mean he has to feel good about it. Morden even turned to religion, looking for answers in the beliefs of the various species in the galaxy. The conflict between faith and scientific reasoning made this difficult for Morden, leaving him without any acceptable answers. Morden would return to the Krogan home planet of Tuchunka several times over the years to monitor the effects of the new genophage. While anybody could have performed this task, Morden felt it was his duty to experience the results of his work firsthand. Eventually deciding to do some true good in the galaxy and help people outright without causing suffering at the same time, Morden moved to Omega to open a clinic. Of course, Omega is home to the lowest of the low, the vilest criminals in the galaxy. They couldn't allow a clinic interested in fair treatment of the poor to exist without their authority. They expected to find a weak doctor. Instead, they found a Salarian Special Tasks Group-trained operative, with access to heavy mechs and a willingness to shoot anyone who gets in his way without hesitation. It is this combination of brilliance and ruthlessness that leads Shepard to seek Morden out. Arriving on Omega, Shepard finds Morden treating a plague that infects and kills everyone except humans. After Shepard helps cure the plague, Morden happily joins the Normandy crew, seeing that the plague is likely the Collector's work, though the reason for it would not be known until the end of the mission. Morden's work on the Normandy is crucial to the team's success. He developed shielding technology that would protect against the Collector's Seeker swarms and their paralytic poison. In time, though, the Genophage would come back to haunt Morden. He receives a message that Malon, a former student of his, had been kidnapped by a band of Krogan. This starts off Morden's loyalty mission, Old Blood. Shepard and Morden make their way to Tuchanka to track down Malon. They fight through a pack of Krogan who want the genophage cured, so they can advance their clan and be the dominant force in Citadel space. Along the way, they pass corpses of humans and even a Krogan used for experiments. This bothers Morden because scientific testing on live subjects is completely unnecessary. With such a high level of technology, tests can be performed with nothing more than a tissue sample and computer simulations. As Morden states, science that Melon is performing is a waste of life, an abomination. Initially he is furious with the Krogan for forcing Melon to perform such acts. However, upon further investigation, it is revealed that Melon is operating under his own free will. When Morden finally confronts Melon, the young Salarian regrets nothing. He says Morden was wrong to create the new genophage. Everybody on the team agreed that they were committing the equivalent of genocide, but nobody could question the great Morden Solus. While Morden stands by his decision, he accepts Malon's ethics. What he cannot accept is Malon's method. His science is barbaric and unforgivable. Through Shepard's guidance, Morden puts a stop to Malon's work, possibly saving or destroying the data. This could be a major decision for Mass Effect 3, as a restored Krogan population could either be a valuable ally against the Reapers or another galactic threat to deal with. Morden may seem like a valuable ally to bring along in combat, a solid support character. In the end, he's just Miranda without the group buff and less useful skills. Incinerate is great against armor, but Cryoblast and Neural Shock, while useful, are ultimately inferior to the skills other characters bring to the table. For a skill-based character like Morden to lack a cooldown reducing passive talent is crippling. Miranda makes up for it with the buff and superior skills. All Morden has as backup is a pistol and SMG. To make matters even worse, he is easily the most fragile member of the squad. Morden is invaluable to the Normandy, but is better left on the ship. The fast-talking Salarian may seem supremely confident at first, but underneath you will find a person like any other. He tries to do the right thing, but with so much responsibility on his shoulders, it is hard for him to be sure he's walking the right path. It has taken many years, but Morton has finally found an enemy he can fight openly, and more importantly, he has found someone to fight for.
3: Okay. Thank you Um, (laughs) That's okay, next Drunk Tank I'm totally letting the cats into the room
2: Oh yeah, they'll wreak havoc
3: They will actually
2: Put a Christmas tree up, nothing but laughs Uh, Be there or (laughs) be hoops
4: Oh hey, there we go (laughs) Is it working now?
1: I'm like saying, hi
4: guys, <laughs> hey, what's up? And it's like, Rick, what are you doing?
2: He slurred his words. It's, Have it's, you been drinking? It's called the mute button. It's, it's not that
3: complicated. Um Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, exactly I'm, what I'm, it was.
4: I haven't been drinking quite just yet.
3: Of everything in the way of the one thing that I, I zero in on is engorge.
4: <laughs> you're running the short plus to hell. That's okay, man. I'm driving. <laughs> You know, so I I was thinking, is it bad that when I saw that the first thing that I thought about was his lame ass?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anytime the first thought that comes to your mind is
3: him is, yeah, it's bad. I was going to say, you two make a fine couple. It's okay. Huddling for warmth on the rafts.
4: Warmth on the rats. They're not degrees outside.
3: <laughs> you know, they're not
4: they exactly coming from,
2: from Canada, you know, like you really... <laughs> <They're straight up laughs> yeah, These great lakes out. are damn cold. <laughs> 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 Crazy. They had their feet dangling in the water. <laughs>
4: I just had a horrible p- mental image of me on a raft next to some and surrounded by sharks huddling for warmth like in the Canadian lake or something like that.
2: <laughs> There's no <laughs> so sharks like, in those lakes you numb nuts.
4: <laughs> it, it, it's, part, it's part of the messed up anti-Cuban joke. Joe, are you still sick? Everybody keeps asking me that. What the fuck? Because I can hear you breathing and it's like labored breathing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
0: he's like, oh, <laughs> hey,
3: you opened the door. I just kind of walked in. <laughs> All right. Uh- <laughs> oh, God. Hi,
2: darts. I saw you t- by that I mean tweets. Not your advantages.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, it is boost time. Time to go get some tequila. Beer right back.
4: God, you're lucky. I, I have to oh. go assess the damage I dealt to the poor budding psyches of my children. <laughs> We're gonna be talking some about Star Trek afterwards.
3: Yes, I'm. I'm. Yeah. Damn it, Star Trek has been
2: so. Save it, save it, save it.